0: Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Well, good morning, church. How are you doing this morning? Man, life can seem like a gong show at times, eh? But you know what? You made it. You're here. Why don't you welcome at least one or two good-looking people on your right or left. Shouldn't be hard to find them. Come on. Say, you made it. You made it. And if you weren't sure about it, today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And thank God, his mercies are made new. When? Every morning. Wow. If you're joining College Street for the first time, boy, you're in for a real treat. You're in for a real treat. Uh, We believe the church should be fun. We believe that we should be creative. We were made in the image of our creator. It should not be boring. Come on. And the message today should bring you hope. Who could use a little more hope in this season? Come on. We got to learn to live up in a down world, right? And the only way we're going to do that is by getting into God's word instead of getting caught up in the worries of this world. So uh, first of all, I want to say well I said good morning to you but good morning again thanks for coming out Uh, but I also want to say good morning to all of our friends that are watching right now at the Joshua house let's give it up for them come on man you know the Lord purposed on our heart that we need to go out twice as much so we're doing that isn't that right Rick we're going out twice as much the more we go out the more he sends people in it's funny how that works You know you reap what you sow. Second is let's give a big shout out to everyone watching at Ruth and Naomi's. Come on! And I know there's so much more, but also the Westminster ladies. Good morning to you. Yeah, and I know there's we got you know we had a a friend of ours from Africa call us up at our men's prayer. Our men meet. I know it sounds wild but they meet Tuesday at 5 30 a.m. every morning to pray and the group keeps getting bigger now mind you for him in Africa it was like in the evening of the next day but you know we're part of something much bigger I don't know if you know that sometimes you can feel so small but you know it's the little things that are the big things and you're not that far away from somebody and what you do matters I want you to know that and that little is much when God is in it You know, the Lord's going to challenge us on relationships. I've entitled the message today, A Composition of Collaboration. And the beautiful thing about a composition is it is written. And the beautiful thing about love, it is already written. Okay? So we're going to go to the Word of God and see what does He have to say about love. So I mentioned before that, you know, life can be a gong show. Relationships at times can be a gong show. And, you know, you might get a whole lot of of ringing, but little result. Who could use some more result? Come on. Only six of us. Who else could use some more result in your relationship? Okay, good. Well, we may be swinging. We may be making noise. But we might not be hitting the right notes, right? Or we're singing slightly off key. You may feel that there's something uh, missing in your relationship. Like, you know, you were created to do more that God has more for you? Well, you'd be right. You'd be right. There's a lot more in you that God wants to call out of you. But as I said to the men this morning, the who needs to come before the do, right? You got to know who is love. Come on, because if you don't got it, how can you give it? First John 4 says that God is love. And we all want to get better at the do, but it starts with our relationship with him. The who? You know, you're most like the five people you hang around the most. What if you could get around the God of love? Well, that's happening right now, I believe with all my heart. And you know, in your relationship, it's it's maybe not that you haven't experienced love, but you may be a little bit confused. You might feel a little out of rhythm. See, I can't even say it. You might be out of rhythm, or you might lack the reason for the symphony in the first place. And therefore you miss the composition of collaboration you know my, my beautiful bride and I we get an opportunity to coach a lot of couples great intention just miss direction and then it usually you know she's got her plans and he's got his plans and this works in your friendships too by the way and the Lord puts people in your life for certain seasons and you know when you got a husband and a wife there's a there's a thing called covenant we'll get more into but covenant isn't covenant until it's tested and it takes two It takes two and we need to be headed in the same direction because if you know if she's just gonna do her thing and I'm gonna do my thing then we're gonna have multiple vision and when you have multiple vision you have division so the Lord is calling us back and he wants to point you to what love really is and recognize what it is not we're gonna go into the book of Corinthians give you a snapshot of the letter that was written to the Corinthians by a man named Paul. Paul, by the way, used to be Saul. Saul, by the way, was a super religious dude and he thought he was doing things right. Come on, he was super religious, but he was actually persecuting Jesus' followers. But, but even Paul has this God encounter, this God encounter that actually causes him to become blind so that he may truly see. Right, and thank God for his grace. Thank God that he disciplines the, love, the ones he loves. Thank God that he stops us in the midst of our plans so that he can fulfill his, right? Because he is able to do above and beyond all you can ever hope, imagine, or dream of in your relationship, but according to the power within. Thank God for that opportunity. And so here, Paul had started this church in Corinth, and Corinth was, um, this port city, major port city, okay, much like Vancouver, Canada. Now, this port city had a lot of Greek and Roman, uh, gods, and he comes in and he's gonna start the first Jesus community. So for about a year and a half, through relationships, not through religion, he builds relationships and he, and he shares about this Jesus that came and died for our sins and and rose again. And and then, you know, this great church starts off and he goes off to plant other churches, but then he gets a letter. Hey, Paul, things aren't going so good in the church. Go figure. No, Christians always get along. Mm Mm-mm. My one friend has a a tattoo, and it says, Christians aren't perfect, we're just forgiven. (laughs) And that's not an excuse to sin, right? Paul talks about that. But you know, he's getting this this letter back. It's like his kids, right? He's like, oh, you guys, why? And you know, there's a whole lot of chattering. There's a whole lot of talking. People are even, imagine this service right now with everybody speaking a whole bunch of different languages all at once, and then somebody keeps coming up and interrupting me while I'm speaking. Well, that's what was happening in Corinth. And he's trying to realign them to keep the main thing the main thing, okay? Now, he addresses all these different problems throughout the letter to Corinth. All these different, but every time he offers a solution that brings us to the gospel and the good news of Jesus. You know, and and in our church, we're we're likely to have um, opportunities, I like to say. Why? Because what you perceive is what you receive. And if you start focusing on, you know, my relationship, I got problems. What if you started to say, I got opportunities? What if you believe in God's word and in your weakness, his strength is made perfect? What if it's just an opportunity to humble yourself? Come on. And instead of fighting for to be one, I mean, to be right. I got to fight to be right. Fight to be right. What if you fight to be one? What if you fight to be one? And you get back to the place of love and unity. And the beautiful thing about looking for opportunities instead of problems is you stop blaming, right? You stop playing the blame game and saying things like, well, if only he or if only she, then I will. Well, I'm going to tell you that's not God's love. That's not agape love. We're going to talk about that. That's not. That's counterfeit. That's counterfeit. That's, That's based on conditions. Agape love is an unconditional love, right? But it's not easy and how do you love unconditionally if you can't first receive unconditional love well, but when we start to look at a different perspective we start to see that what we look for is what we find you know, you know I just gonna challenge us today I every time I write these just so you know I'm speaking to myself too and a pastor friend once said to me Matt if you were to put yourself Or I'm gonna say put your relationship on the stock market right now are those stocks going up or down and that's not that's not that's not for condemnation we don't do that here but that's for conviction because here's the good news if they're not going down they can only go up and if they're going up they can only even go more up but sometimes in order to go up we got to go down right all right you guys still with me okay Uh, If you're not taking notes yet, you better start because I'm going to give you gold. I'm going to give you practical things that you can apply to your relationship. But if you just listen to me today, you're going to retain, according to Harvard, 7%. But if you take out those cool notebooks, ah, look at that front row. Everyone's taking out notebooks. You take out your notebooks and write it down, you retain around 70%. And I hope you don't just keep it at that and be like the, the the reservoir, but you become a river and you share it with somebody else. Just one word, one word of encouragement, one practical thing that you learned today and that you apply it, but you also share it so other people can benefit from it. Can you do that for me? Okay, good. So in the, there's five sections that Paul addresses in the letter uh, to the Corinthian church. Okay, chapters one and four, for all of those of you who like to really know the whole thing, because if you don't have clarity, you don't have... You don't have clarity. You don't have anything, right? You got confusion. So let's look at chapters one to four talks about division. Hmm. That happens. Uh, chapters five to seven, sex, right? No amens. Okay. Uh, chapter food, 11 to 14. Oh, come on, people. Like, okay. God has the patent on sex. He designed it. And unfortunately, religion perverts it come on, or makes you feel ashamed, the world perverts it, and religion makes us feel ashamed for it, like, why, we got to, like, yay, Lord, you gave me sex, that's evidence that we have a good God, okay, just you got to know in context, <laughs> don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse it, right, but thank God for that, right, honey, wouldn't have fun, <laughs> okay, uh, then it goes, <laughs> chapters, I got distracted. Chapters 11 and 14, the gathering and family, okay? Uh, and then finally, chapter uh, 15 is, is the resurrection. And they, they each read like this short essay and with a core idea that unites them all together. It's important that you know this. In each section, Paul identifies the problem, and again, he responds with part of the good news. That's what gospel means, good news about Jesus, Where he shares some part of the gospel, and he he's challenging the church in Corinth. But I believe he's challenging us because everything we read is relevant to what we're going through now. Okay, so he's challenging us um, that we should live out what we say we believe because the church wasn't doing that. Okay, they weren't living out what they say they believe. Anyone follow Dr. Caroline Leaf, neurologist? Yeah, she's kind of smart, so you should pick up her stuff. Uh, But she says, this is what happens when when you believe one thing or you say one thing and you do another. She says that it actually kills brain cells in your body and also causes your body to become sick and ill. Whoa. Maybe that's why scripture says that Um, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, and so he becomes, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it, come on, love it, will eat its fruit. I don't know about you, but I like good fruit, not rotten fruit. Or not not the, I'll try to keep it out of there, but not those fast food places that you know that you go through, and then it tastes good for one minute, and then you regret it like a few seconds later. Yeah. You want the real deal, don't you? Anyway. (laughs) Convictions. So the the letter is about living every area of our life. Say every. Every Every area of our life through the gospel, whether it be relationship, family, community, and work. So we're going to start right in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Okay. You probably, if you've been to a wedding, you've heard this verse, but we're just going to slow it down a little bit. Come on. I'm going to sip it a little bit. And we're going to see how is this relevant to where, where we're at and what we're going through. And so, uh, this is part of section or chapters eleven to fourteen. Again, Paul's expressing the gathering, the coming together. Um, so let's just move right on. I am way over in the wrong part. <laughs> well, I can preach out of numbers. Numbers are important. They right, especially in here because every number represents a person. All right. So let's, um, yeah, so a lot of people are making noise, not making a lot of sense. There's, you know, like a lot of things. are. Let's go right to our first verse there. First uh, Corinthians um, 13, verse 1. It says, if I speak in tongues or other languages of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Hence the gong show. Okay, So let's talk about point one. You're taking notes. Point one is more than your vocabulary. How many times do people say like, hey, I love lamp. I love <laughs> somebody got that. I love I love riding motorcycles. I love. And then you try to put it in the same category. I love my wife. No, not the same. And then sometimes it, it loses its meaning, doesn't it? right? Because we use it so loosely. It's more than your vocabulary. And we, honestly, we live in a counterfeit culture. Wouldn't you agree, James? I can see you up there. We live, and DJ, we live in a counterfeit culture, do we not? <laughs> Heck, <laughs> It's not a good thing. The world takes feelings. Come on. The world takes feelings and calls it love. Love is not a feeling. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Love is an action. Love is a verb. It is much more than your vocabulary. Come on. Right? The scripture says, Paul says, have love. 1 John 4, 8, I mentioned this before, tells us that whoever does not love does not know God. Because why? God is love. So these You're like, what are you saying? I don't love. No, but yes, but no, listen up. (laughs) He wants to take you to another level. He wants to take you to another level. I'm not convicting you. If you're here today and you don't know God and you're like, well, pastor, I'm out of here. I love I love. Yes, you show fruits of the love, but you're you you show stuff of the love. But you just need the source of the love. Come on. You need a love that surpasses all understanding. Come on. You need a love that's going to give you the grace to forgive when you can't forgive it on your own, based on your own feelings, come on. You need God's super to touch your natural. You need pure, authentic love, right? And we, and I mentioned before, we can't truly understand love until we embrace the love of God. How can you give love if you don't have love? John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever, whoever, who's a whoever? Yeah, that's everyone. Whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, life to the fullest. And not just in eternity, come on, right now. I don't want to be like, oh, Lord, just take me away. You know, I just can't wait to be in heaven. We are taught to pray, by the way, on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom come, his will be done. We're not going to just go around and cruise through our relationship. Come on. God didn't call you to cruise, and God didn't show up to make it easy for you. If the Bible has taught me anything about the stories, one of the people that got picked to show love, he'll use anybody. He'll, he'll use the least of these. Come on. To prove what only he can do, so you're not standing there and look what I did. That's why it's hard. That's why it's hard. We just walked in and everything was easy. What do you need God for? You need him to show up in your relationship every day, every way. And you may have heard the saying, you become what you believe. Believe in God, become love. You with me? Is this good? Come on. The more time you you spend in his presence, the more of him will flow out of you. The scripture literally says in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. If you're willing, if you're willing. You know, verse 4, I'm going to jump right to verse 4. They're all worth reading, and I'd encourage you to read them this week. All of it, and just take it slow. But Love is patient, it says. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is, it is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. That's a big list. Let's start with love is kind, okay? Because when I read this portion of scripture, my attention automatically goes um, to what love isn't. As anyone else, did you see that? I naturally just went to like what love isn't, as opposed to what love is. So when I'm self-seeking that's not love when well, being selfish true love calls for me demands of me to be selfless when I'm uh, uh, boastful and proud guess what the gong only gets loud and it rhymes so it must be true so you can take it when I'm boastful when I'm proud the gong gets loud it's just more noise more noise you know anybody like that no when I get angry and I start reciting the wrongs I'm definitely out of tune and that's when we experience inner turmoil because we put weight on the wrong things we need to put weight on his word and what love is stop holding on and clinging on to what love isn't It's, uh, I believe it's in Romans 12. It says, love is sincere. Cling on to what is good. Hold on. Hold on. Some of us are holding on to the wrong things. And they're weighing us down. Someone today, I just feel it in the house. You're going to let something go today. You're going to let go and let God. Come on. You're going to let go and let God because the enemy's got you hanging on and clinging on to all the wrong things. You know, every word, you, see, every time you see the word love, you know what you can replace that with, right? God. God. If you re- replace the word everywhere where it says love, God is kind, endures all things, hopes for all things. Come on. Come on. Keeps no record of wrong. Woo! That's not something you could do on your own. I've tried. It doesn't work. But then you'll get a deeper understanding of your heavenly Father if you read it that way. Knowing that you, Michael, were created in His image. And you can start to love again. The way you were designed to love and to live. Okay, verse 6 and 7. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. What did Jesus say he was? He says, I am the way, the truth, come on, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me truth not just the truth of you know like this is true this is godly this is loving this is true Philippians 4 6 to 9 meditate on these things then the peace of God come on hold on to these things then the peace of God that surpasses all my understanding right now will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus hold on hold on someone say "Hold hold on oh it's heavy in the house today it's heavy in the house but God's love is heavier. Come on. Come on. It's something you can stand on today. Is to check this out. Verse 7 says, it always, say always. always. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. That's love. You know, Paul could have just said it once. No, 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 no. He wanted to get your attention. Love always protects. Not when it's convenient. Love always trusts. Always. Is anyone catching? You know, if you look up the Greek word for always, it's still always. Yeah. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Now you can tell what's love. What's God love? Agape love. God love. The word agape love means unconditional love. There's three other loves. I'll probably go through them tonight. There's a hook for tonight. I'll go through the other loves tonight. How's that? I want to focus on a gappy love. That's what Paul's talking about. So the third is, if it's always, that means it's consistent. Love is consistent. Love always, meaning it's not conditional or casual. Love is not a contract, but a covenant. Covenant there's a difference a contract is binding legalistic and religious a covenant is unified collaboration it is adaptive to life circumstances and it is relational that's covenant love protects it trusts it hopes it perseveres see we learn to trust when we're experiencing or we we have to face God's truth not true that's when you learn to trust, when bad things happen. Remember I said it is not going to be easy. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In always, someone say always. always. Acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Always. Always. We You know, and here's here's the tough thing that I've learned. Faith cannot fix what you're not willing to face. That's when you got to trust in the Lord. (laughs) Well, it ain't going so good, Pastor. I don't feel so good, Pastor. I get it. I get it. Thank God that love is not a feeling. Love is an action. And thank God his word says that faith without works is dead. Because one minute I feel like this, I feel like that. Someone said in our prayer group, like there's this weird thing going on. I fell in and I fell out of love. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Love is an action. It's not a feeling. Or well, We're going to fall in and out of things. And if you don't know what you stand for, if you don't stand for pure love, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And then you'll blow. You'll be blown this way and that way from every kind of cunning teaching. Come on. And I'm telling you, don't think we're exempt. The enemy has tried to take the truth and twist it. And he keeps doing that. He tried to do it with Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus was out there. He's fasting. He's stepping into his ministry. And the enemy comes to tempt him. And the first thing he tempts him with, because he's fasting, is hunger. <laughs> right? He said, well, hey, if you are, he's trying to challenge his identity. The enemy's trying to challenge your identity when it comes to love too. If you don't know that your identity is Christ you in God, you don't know love. And he'll, and he'll get you to slip on everything that because of what you feel. Are you with me? Yeah. So hold on. Hold on, that's faith. Hebrews 11 verse one says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen. Hope this is preaching this morning. A lot of stuff coming out I didn't plan for. So we learn to trust when we're exposed to God's truth, when we have to face those things and apply them in our life. Faith without works is dead. Again, the gospel means good news. You can trust in the good news of the death of your sins and the resurrection of relationship. Through the death and our risen Lord, through our, our risen King Jesus Christ. You know, He makes what is broken whole, what is empty full. He pours His grace upon you and I and His love into us so we can pour out into others. He teaches us what it means to live our lives as like this human sacrifice holy, devoted unto Him, our true and proper worship. It means living our lives for others, loving others. Our cup runs over when you allow Him to pour in. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Imagine if we came under the covering of God's love, instead of expecting our friends and our family and our co-workers to respond out of the feeling of love. And we intentionally move in the faith of God's love. We would start to compose. I'll tell you what happened. We would start to compose this this symphony of collaboration as opposed to a feeling of contentment or contention. See, we're all part of the same body. And we're all playing kind of differently because it's your difference that creates your reward. God has given you gifts and abilities to exercise. But when we come together and we play as one, then we find our rhythm in our relationships. You know what? Feelings may fade, but love never fails. Feelings may fade, but love never fails. Would you stand with me? Damn. You know that verse First Corinthians thirteen thirteen, I, I just want you to take it with you and and, and memorize it, know it, own it, speak it. It says, Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But remember this love never fails. You see, it's God's love that compels us to serve and seek the well being of others. Jesus himself, when faced with religion, the religious leaders came to him and said, Out of all the loss, teacher, they recognized part of his position. Come on. They didn't recognize his whole position. And you might recognize the Lord as a, a great teacher or a great carpenter, and then maybe you'll get a good table out of it. But you, you got to recognize his position. God is love. And love said this. Everything hangs off this. Love God. Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your mind all your soul, all your body, all your strength, all of those things. That's an all-in kind of love, is it not? And he said the second is just as important as this. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Some of you have been struggling with loving yourself. I get it. It's really hard to love others when you can't love yourself. And because the enemy's been holding against you the things that you have done, but that's not who you are. He's been holding against you the feelings and thoughts that come in your head that aren't of him, but that's not who you are. He is faithful and just to wipe the clay, the, the, the slate clean right here, right now. You know, part of the hardest thing in relationship is repentance. The hardest thing is to say, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Will you forgive me? <laughs> Let me count the ways. <laughs> no, it is, and in true humility, true repentance to come that place—that's hard. That's hard, but it is so freeing to come before a God of grace. Who is He? There's nothing He can't handle. When He was on the cross, He said, "It's finished." It's finished. You know that insecurity, the lies, the woe is me, the victim mentality, the pride, the lust, all of that, he took it to the cross. He says, "It is finished." Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have to face it. But the beauty is you don't have to face it alone that you will no longer be condemned by these things. If you have love, if you have Jesus in your heart, Paul Paul said St. Paul he said in Romans, he's talking to Romans, the letter to the Romans. He said this. He says, "If you believe in your heart, but you also need to confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you believe that God the Father raised His Son from the grave, you will be saved." There's this, you know. There's a there's a time in your relationship for all those that are married or been married. You know, there's a time when you move from being just friends to being Spouses to being husband and wife. There's a time in your relationship where you know that you know that you're married, right? Am I wrong? There comes a time, and the same is in our relationship with God, that you can know that you know that you are saved. And that's what Paul said. You will be saved. It's, so you can invite God in. You, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you think, you might be thinking right now, well, I'm not ready. I'm not, I got to get stuff in order. Hey, trust me, brother and sister. There's, (laughs) we all fall short of the glory of God. None of us are ready. But if we're willing, if you're, if if enough is enough and you want to not just experience love, but show love and just turn from your way and say, God, I'm going to turn from my way and I'm going to turn to you the way. Now's your time. Don't wait any longer. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And here's the other thing. Other people are waiting on you. They need that love, that love that you want to give. They need that grace. They need that forgiveness. So let's just pray this prayer right now. If you've prayed this prayer before, just do it again with me. If you've never prayed this before, do it with your whole heart. So repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready for your love. You see, I believe that you chose to die for me and for my sins. Would you forgive me? Would you be my God? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my savior? And would you be my friend? I believe that you rose from the grave. I'm ready for a resurrection in my relationship. I thank you that my past is past and today is a new day with you right here right now in Jesus name just keep your eyes closed and stay in this this moment I just want to respect the moment that you're having right now And first off is your eyes are closed and again why I say close your eyes so you don't get distracted just stay in this moment it, it If this spoke with relevance to you, what you've been through or even going through or you believe that you're called to, if this spoke with relevance to you, would you just give me a thumbs up and say, hey, yo, the pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thumbs up all around. That's God showing that he's speaking to you, okay? The second is this. If you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, you're starting a relationship with him, not a religion, a relationship with Jesus today. Would you just give me a thumbs up and say, Pastor, that's me. Awesome. Right on. Awesome. I see you. Come on. Awesome. Yes, Lord. Come on. Praise you, Jesus. Awesome. OK. Well, in Scripture, there says there's a party going on in heaven for you. <laughs> you know, this day was written and anointed and appointed, and God saw you before you even saw yourself or all the things that you would do. And most importantly, he sees what you're called to and all the beautiful things that he's going to do in your relationship. He sees the struggles. And he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for he has overcome the world. And so we want to, we want to celebrate with you. We want to step forward into that um, next step. Where do we go from here? And one of the things that at College Street, we, we believe we need to get out of the way and that we shouldn't make it difficult for people that are coming to know Jesus And so we're commissioned not, you know, just to do church, but be the church. And part of being a disciple of Jesus, a follower of him, is to walk out what he said. And in Matthew, it says that we are to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching. We're doing a lot of teaching today to obey his commands. And surely he is with us even to the ends of the earth. And every time I'm reading in my Bible, when someone comes in a relationship, there's a baptism relationship and a baptism. And I thought, man, sometimes we make it difficult as Christians, don't we? But Jesus did the difficult part. And if you can understand a relationship, if you can understand salvation, you'll be able to understand baptism. I just said it. But what it means, the word baptism means to be immersed, fully immersed. That's what it means. Just like in your relationship with love, you can't just have your toe in the water. Just a little, you know, just a little sprinkle. You got to be full in, full in, full in, all in. And some of you have been just kind of on the fence. All in. And it says that when we go under the water, we're actually baptized with Christ. That represents when he went to the grave. And man, does it feel good to go under the water and leave all the stuff that's been weighing us down behind. Leave it in the water. And when you come up out of the water, represents his resurrection. It says we are resurrected with him. We're making a, a, a public declaration today. If you step forward and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to step in. I'm going to take that next day. I don't know what everything else, what's coming my way. But what I do know is what the Bible says. And I do know I'll face things, but no longer will sin have authority over you. No longer. You'll so still face it, but you're going to have a different power. And that power comes not by strength, but by his spirit, by his spirit. So we're going to do that. We're going to step in. We're going to make room. God is making room for you. He made room for you today. God wants to fill us fresh and he wants to do something new. So if that is you come forward, let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry.